Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 24, and I am so pleased to be able to welcome to the podcast pastor of Roots Covenant Church, Pastor T.C. Moore. Welcome, T.C. Great to be here. So um, Acts 24, what stuck out to you in this chapter? Well, this is a courtroom scene, mostly. Mm-hmm. And Paul is standing before rulers and authorities in this chapter. And I guess it calls to mind volume one of Luke's two-volume work, Luke Acts. In chapter 12 of Luke, Jesus is encouraging his disciples, and he's saying, you're going to stand before rulers and authorities, and you're going to have to give a defense of the faith that you have. And he said, when that happens, don't worry about the words that you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And I think that's what we mostly see in this passage is Paul giving a defense of his faith and being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking boldly. Yeah, we had done Luke just before we did Acts. And I was so grateful because I've thought of chapter 12 often and that and Jesus saying that to them, because time and again, whether it's Paul or Peter or someone else that's on trial, the amazing defense that they give. And, you know, often it's the history of of their people or Paul three times, I think. And I think this might be the last time that he gives an account of of who he has been, the education that he has and everything that he brings there. And then his the moment of meeting Christ and understanding the fulfillment of the law, which then side note, I just think it's such an amazing thing to watch Paul take everything that has been drilled into him his whole life up until the point he was a Pharisee. And now he's having to pivot and just that, that pivot and that understanding of, of Jesus being the fulfillment of everything that he's learned. I, I just have so much appreciation for what we see him processing all the way through Acts and all through all the way through his letters. Yeah. And um, the other thing that draws my attention in this passage, in this chapter, is that Paul is falsely accused. You know, he's standing before rulers and he has to contend with a hired gun named Tertullus, mm-hmm. who is hired by his opponents to prosecute him. And he's falsely accused and we see him become falsely imprisoned as well. And I guess for me, that that draws my attention to those in the world around me who are falsely accused and falsely imprisoned. In fact, this passage, just reading it over again um, this past week, reminded me of the work of someone that I greatly admire. I admire Brian Stevenson and the work that he's done um, with the Equal Justice Initiative. He's the author of Just Mercy, which was made into a movie and Um, starring Michael B. Jordan. So lots of people have probably seen it. But, um, you know, his his work is largely around injustice in the judicial system. And on his website, he says that there's been over 2,500 people who have been exonerated from false charges and false imprisonment just since 1989 alone. And the average stay in prison for those people was eight years and 10 months. So the better part of a decade. And even still, uh, his website reports that only 1.5% of prosecutors' offices in the U.S. have what he calls conviction integrity units. So they're not even overseeing whether or not their convictions are accurate and can hold up against the evidence. 
And that shows that there's not a lot of oversight. There's not a lot of a, in accountability in these prosecutors' offices. So that's the kind of thing Paul was up against. You know, his opponents had hired Tertullus, and um, Tertullus is using all of the resources of his rhetorical skill to prosecute Paul. And um, if, I, if I might, mm -hmm. if, if you would permit me, I'd like to read a, a quote from uh, Dr. Willie James Jennings. Dr. Willie James Jennings is a professor at Yale and has written a really magnificent commentary on Acts. Here's what he says about Tertullus. He says, Tertullus and Paul represent intellectual life before cross, resurrection, and the coming of the spirit, and intellectual life after these world-shattering and life-creating realities. Paul now speaks inside the hope of resurrection and as one who yields to the spirit. His words aim at faithfulness and gesture divine presence. He certainly wants to win, find justice against false accusations, yet the arc of his discursive work bends towards the resurrected body of Jesus. He speaks in witness to the hope of resurrection. Mm. Mm. So in the midst of this battle between this rhetorical battle between Tertullus and Paul, Paul is not just defending himself to be freed because that's not his ultimate goal. He's also defending himself in light of the resurrection and pointing to, as Jennings said, the, the body of the resurrected Jesus. Well, and I, think, I think that's significant. Yeah. And even when we see him with Felix later in the chapter, it's almost like he's a pawn that Felix is, is using at his, at his pleasure, at his discretion. Yeah. That That's he's calling right. for him sometimes and then, you know, because it serves Felix to leave Paul in prison, he leaves him in prison because it serves him better. That's right. Yeah. Felix and Drusilla are interesting characters in this passage. I think they represent a kind of juxtaposition to other multi-ethnic couples that we see in Acts. I mean, we've also seen uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Felix and Drusilla represent this sort of assimilated culture of uh, the Roman Empire has assimilated both of them into their culture. Mm -hmm. And they are at the mercy or at the... Um, like they're bowing the, to the Roman power. And right. so what we see, I mean, what you were talking about that with Paul, Paul is not only bowing to Jesus, he's bowing to Jesus even unto his death, unto... He's not worried about his physical okayness, and he's taking the opportunity to tell what Jesus has done for him. So it's not only what I was hearing is that it's not only a defense, but it's also an opportunity. Like he's taking an opportunity. We saw it in another chapter where he says, someone says to him, do you think that you can convince me that quickly that Jesus mm -hmm. is the Messiah? And he right. was like, I hope that you all come to know that Jesus is the Messiah and become just like me, except for these chains that are on, right. on me, but he's taking every opportunity. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm lost a little bit thinking about, you know, applying this to today and you bringing up Brian Stevenson and the equal justice initiative and the work they do and how like this, because the study guide questions are talking about the last one is the chapter ends with Paul being essentially forgotten in prison for two years what do you think he was doing? You know, I'm thinking, what do you think he was feeling? And then you think about people who are imp imprisoned wrongly for almost a decade. Right. And right. that brings it a lot closer to home. That brings it a lot closer to today. That brings it, that feels a little more like neighbor. Yeah. And what do we do with that? I don't, I, I don't have the answer, but that, yeah, 
that's kind of where there's I am. A, Have you thought through that? Yeah, there's a there's a verse in Second Timothy that I think about when I think about people who are in the prison system today. Paul says in, in verse 16, at my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. Mm. I think about people who are wrongfully accused and wrongfully imprisoned. And oftentimes a lot of people abandon them. A lot of people, you know, desert them in their time of need, but the Lord is always with them. The Lord is always the advocate of those who are imprisoned. In fact, that's one of the things that we we hear Jesus say in Matthew 25, right? When I was in prison, did you visit me? Mm. And when you visit those in prison, you visited me. And so Jesus is always with those who are wrongfully accused, wrongfully imprisoned. And I also think about Paul, you know, actually ministering in jail. Mm. You know, a lot of people build their ministries in prison <laughs> and a lot of people grow their faith in prison and become, you know, more confident in preaching and teaching, um, and, and Paul is leading people to Christ in prison. <laughs> I think that happens too. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. people use the opportunities they have and, and it, 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 you know, they say to themselves, Hey, while I'm here, I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be a witness. So if people were wanting to find out more about Brian Stevenson, I know that there's the equal justice Inici- initiative. I actually, I already, I follow them on Instagram, mm-hmm. what's the website where they could find out more information? I think it's EJI.org. Okay. I believe that simple. But also I'd recommend his book. Uh, Just Mercy is a fantastic book. And it really outlines a lot of the uh, the story behind why he does what he does. Yeah. I, and his faith and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. A very gospel approach to the yeah. work that he does. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there any... Yeah. And I'll just say one, I'll just say one more thing. You know, when Paul gets a chance to, to speak privately with Felix, uh, there's three things that Luke mentions. I think it's interesting the three the three things that he mentions justice self-control and judgment Mm. (laughs) isn't that an interesting list of topics that they discussed and I think some people want to home in on self-control because Felix was a, a you know ostensibly a pagan right but maybe what what made Felix most afraid was the concept of justice Mm. and maybe he saw in that concept a mirror that was held up to his his own life and he saw the way that he was an unjust ruler an unjust judge because it says he was waiting for Paul to give him a bribe right so maybe that's what made him afraid and he sent Paul away that's it I don't want to hear anymore mm-hmm. yeah well and, and I'm going to leave you there because that serves me better yeah oh that's interesting thank you so much TC thank you for making the time to join us today my pleasure well thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 24 Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for Acts 25. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.